It's another edition of the Alden Network Podcast, Healthcare Solutions for Seniors. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Some patients may require medical equipment for in-home care. Home medical equipment may be necessary, but it isn't always inexpensive. My guest today is Nadie Mack. She's the Vice President of Ancillary Services for Prism Healthcare Services, the Alden Network's home and durable medical equipment transitional care partner. Nadie, welcome to the show. So tell us a little bit about how great the need is for home medical equipment. What are you seeing going on out there today? Well, what we're seeing is that we're seeing an aging population that wants to stay at home and be able to continue living out their daily living activities in a safe manner. And so home medical equipment or durable medical equipment is a key component to being able to keep those patients and caregivers um, safe in the home. What types of durable medical equipment are we talking about? Well, home medical equipment can really range anywhere from a basic walker um, all the way through key respiratory items such as home oxygen, ventilators, non-invasive ventilators, and CPAP machines for sleep apnea. What does it mean, Nady, when we hear durable equipment? What does that even mean? Well, durable medical equipment is really a canned term um, provided by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. It essentially means their definition is that it can withstand repeated use. So most durable medical equipment is typically rented out um, to patients for as long as they need it or until the insurance caps that piece of equipment. So the patients don't own this equipment once the insurance company approves the claim, and we'll talk more about the insurance part of it all, but they don't own it? Not necessarily. It depends on the type of equipment. So typically what we essentially call bent metal, typically bent metal or equipment that requires frequent servicing for safety reasons is typically going to be rented. So for example, home oxygen requires um, maintenance to ensure that we're keeping the equipment functioning properly, that the filters are clean, and that we're preventing a, a home fire essentially from happening. And so those types of pieces of equipment that need that frequency um, servicing for safety reasons typically are not capped or um, purchased by insurance companies. And you mentioned the increasingly aging population. Who else can benefit from durable medical equipment? You know, I think the whole entire patient population. I mean, I think we're we're at an age now where we're seeing patients all the way from pediatrics, um, patients that are, are born with disabilities that may need a basic walker or a wheelchair to be able to independently move around, to enteral feeding. We have a lot of pediatric children that are tube-fed, um, all the way up to seniors that are really just trying to stay at home and living independently in a safe environment um, and in the comfort of their own home. Medicare and most insurance payers will cover items as long as they're medically necessary. So essentially what that means is that the payer is looking for the patient to have seen their physician and for the physician to establish some reason, some medical reason that the equipment is needed. How does it all work? Who starts the application process? Well, typically, most of the referrals are typically coming from an acute care environment, meaning a hospital. But we also have referrals that come in directly from physician offices. So the referral process typically starts with the medical necessity need being established by the healthcare professional, such as a doctor or an advanced nurse practitioner, physician's assistant. And once that medical documentation is documented in the patient's medical record, typically someone from the hospital, such as a case manager or discharge planner, will start that referral process on behalf of the patient, and they will start um, 
the discharge process directly with adorable medical equipment, such as Prism Healthcare Services. So that information can come either through email, it can be faxed in, um, or it could be called in depending on how the hospital um, typically, what their discharge process typically looks like. Now let's speak a little bit about Medicaid and Medicaid-managed care organizations. What kinds of durable equipment do they cover and how does that process work? Well, Medicaid will typically cover a few items that Medicare does not cover. So, for example, some of the common items that Medicaid will cover that Medicare does not are some bathroom equipment, such as raised toilet seats, um, toilet safety rails. Those are items that Medicare considers um, convenience items. Um, whereas the Medicaid programs do not consider those um, to be just convenience items. And so those are the types of products that we're seeing. They might cover a blood pressure cuff. They might cover other pieces of equipment that typically other payers um, will not cover. Really, Medicaid and the managed care organizations are always considered the payer of last resort. Um, and so they will always, they tend to cover items that are, are typically non-covered by Medicare Some other items that Medicaid will cover that typically are not covered by Medicare are incontinence items, such as briefs. They'll cover anywhere from a pediatric population all the way to an adult population as well. So now what is the process for receiving this durable medical equipment once the doctor has submitted the required information and it's all gotten started? Then what happens? Well, that's a really great question. Um, One of the things that I think a lot of the population doesn't understand about durable medical equipment is that we're typically dealing with a fairly sick patient population that typically is homebound. So the hospital or the skilled nursing facility or the home health agency are really trying to keep that patient at home safe. So really the value add that we provide is that we are accredited organizations and we also have employees that have to receive competencies in every single piece of equipment that we provide. Um, Their job is to go ahead and deliver that equipment to the home, educate the patient on the equipment, making sure that they're completing an appropriate return demonstration, and then also really assessing the home environment to make sure that that home environment indeed is safe for the patient to use that home medical equipment. So the best example I can provide in terms of safety um, and the home medical environment would be wheelchairs. Um, So for example, one of the main things that we find is that perhaps the doorways are not large enough to accommodate the wheelchair, or perhaps the patient may not be able to do a pivot turn in their kitchen um, to be able to complete their daily living activities. So in those situations, that's really key that we have trained professionals that are providing that education and are really assessing to make sure that the patient indeed is going to be able to use the equipment in the home. What happens if the equipment breaks down or needs repair? As long as the equipment is rented, um, which typically most insurance companies will rent up to 13 months before they purchase, that equipment just immediately gets exchanged by the home medical equipment or durable medical equipment provider. There is no additional fee. That is part of the fee that the insurance company is paying from month to month. And how often would the insurance provider replace the equipment if it completely breaks down? The rule for replacing, replacing equipment is typically five years. And that's typically coinciding with the manufacturer warranty for the equipment. It doesn't always coincide and work out that perfectly. But typically every five years, um, the insurance company will go ahead and replace the equipment. There are situations in which perhaps the patient has had some kind of adverse event in the home. So perhaps maybe there was a home fire or someone broke into the home. In those scenarios, if we're within that five years, as long as we're submitting the confirmation or the documents to the insurance payer, um, which we would obtain from the patient, typically the insurance company will make exceptions in those situations. 
Nadia, I'm sure that patients ask this question all the time, but once the process starts, how long does it take? Because sometimes if they're leaving the hospital or a short-term rehab, they need this stuff when they get home. So how does that part work as far as timing? It's critical that the equipment be at the home when the patient arrives. And in some cases, we're actually delivering that equipment to the hospital. So a good example of when we would deliver to the hospital would be when we're dealing with life-sustaining equipment, such as home oxygen. To avoid having the patient go home um, via ambulance, which typically that's a significant out-of-pocket cost, we will deliver oxygen tanks to the hospital to ensure that the patient can then transport safely to the home. And then once in the home, we are always providing enough tank oxygen um, until our driver or healthcare professional arrives at a home to go ahead and set up the stationary um, oxygen unit so that the patient can then go ahead and start and resume therapy in the home. Nady, wrap it up for us with your best advice and, and information for families and patients about what you would like them to ask when it comes to durable medical equipment and getting their home set up so that the patient can live a relatively normal life and, and go about their daily activities. What would you like to hear them ask you? You know, I think it's always important. There's really two key components, especially in this day and age where insurance companies and how insurance companies go about covering. The first thing is you, we really need to make sure that we have an educated consumer regarding what their financial um, responsibility is. That is something that we take very seriously at PRISM Healthcare Services. It's important for the patient to be able to provide consent and that they truly understand what out-of-pocket costs they're going to have for that equipment so that they can make an informed decision about receiving that care in their home. And so part of our process is, and that is actually the first step when we receive the referrals, we complete that insurance verification. We obtain all the documents. We obtain the prior authorization so that we are able to communicate all of that information prior to delivering the equipment. The second piece of that is really um, the quality of the equipment. And so at PRISM Healthcare Services, we really take pride that it, regardless of any payer cuts that we really have never sacrificed on quality. Um, it's important for us to be able to provide equipment that is safe, um, that is really the market leader, because ultimately what we're looking for is to have a great patient outcome. And a great patient outcome is really comes down to that patient not being rehospitalized and being able to live out their life independently at home um, without any further visits back to the hospital for the same condition in which they were discharged. In addition, I would like to add that at PRISM Healthcare Services, we're one of the few home medical equipment providers in the Chicagoland area that has a 2,000-square-foot state-of-the-art showroom, which enables all of our patients and caregivers to come in Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 p.m., and look, touch, and feel all of the equipment. And this is really important because of the rising out-of-pocket costs and deductibles um, with the insurance payers, there are patients that and caregivers that may have deductibles that are up to $10,000. And so there are times that they may choose to upgrade the equipment. And prior to making that decision, I think it's really important for them to come in and see what those options are. In addition, in that showroom, we also have four private consultation rooms um, where we are able to see and fit all of our patients that are on CPAP therapy for obstructive sleep apnea. We do those setups in the home as well, um, but that's also a great location where those patients can see what additional accessories we have for CPAP therapy to really kind of improve their compliance and ensure their success 
um, with that therapy. Thank you so much, Nady, for being with us today. This has been such great information. Thank you for telling us today about what Medicare, Medicaid, and insurance cover when it comes to this durable home medical equipment. You're listening to the Alden Network podcast. For more information on any of our other services, please visit thealdennetwork.com. Or to hear more podcasts in this series, please visit thealdennetwork.com slash podcast. That's thealdennetwork.com slash podcast. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.